one two one two one two one two. Mike check. Where you at? Three four three four five six seven oh, eight nine ten. He can count. Nine ten. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Thelonious Drunk Podcast. I go by the name of Preach Jacobs, followed by Infidel Castro X. X X X X X. Oh, this is episode eleven. Which eleven should have been twelve, but we missed that other episode. So thanks, Preach. Yeah, well, fuck me. But yeah, so uh, eleven episodes deep. Um. So yeah, I'm excited. How's it feel, man? Feels pretty good, man. This is the most consistent thing I've ever done in my life. It's like we're finally growing up a little bit. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Like better question though. Was that out of all the ten episodes, how many have you listened to all the way through? Maybe three. (laughs) (laughs) And it took you like weeks to listen to one. I mean, last week's is probably the most progress I've made on a short amount of time. You know what I mean? Good for you. About. 70% 70% through. Good for you, buddy. So, at a certain point, you get tired of listening to preach. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what do you think I got to deal with? <laughs> it's like, why do you think I do all the voices, right? But it's, it's more natural for you because you usually look in the mirror while you're <sighs> no, talking. No, I, I don't, man. That shit is. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I don't want to see all that. Um, we have a special guest in the building tonight. We have the homie Sammy Lopez. Oh. He only speaks like that. <laughs> you can find him. You can find him on Instagram as is it Sammy Lopez on Instagram? Uh it's uh my the whole name so Sammy Ivan Lopez. Ah. There was somebody that you liked the picture of that I didn't realize that you was following her too. I forgot who it was. I'll think about it again. But I remember I was a little salty, like, man, how you know her? But yeah, it's all good. Oh, you mean uh, like a real human, not artwork? A real human. Yeah, yeah. It's a chick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, she was theffy. Creeping on people. <laughs> oh, fellas. Listen, guys. If you if you screenshot a woman's picture that you got a crush on and you end up going out with her, make sure she don't see all the pictures you saved to her on the phone. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, what did you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Stroke material. So, um, yeah, man. Um, crazy weekend. So you guys kept up any of the playoff games and all that good stuff? I mean, we caught we caught what the the Rockets we, and uh, T Wolves first game. Technically, we caught parts of like three games on Sunday. Yeah, but that was also like eight hours worth of drinking. You so know. well, longer actually, but you know, in between drinks, we saw some of the game. So we caught pieces of it, man. That Sunday night was pretty crazy, man. So it's like that's why, like, if I don't sound like my usual beige brilliant self, I think that Sunday night kicked my fucking ass. We had like a ridiculous thunderstorm, and my dumb ass. It's funny, like I was wearing a suit because I had to host this thing for the local chapter of the NAACP. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah you know I'm bragging, and um, I wore my my dress shoes without socks, which I hate doing, and and like they think I'm trying to be fashionable. That was just because I ain't had no clean socks. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, fuck it. And at some point in time that night, there was a big puddle of water that got all in my shoes, and I'm walking around with that shit all day long. You know what I'm saying? And I know at some point in time. So the puddle water came at you and got in your shoes. Yeah. Yes. Word. It chased me. You ever seen Ghost? Yeah. <laughs> you remember those little <laughs> monsters where you would fuck up and die? Those little monsters that came after you. That's what the puddle did. Word. Yeah, it was just trying to attack my brilliance, man. Goddamn puddle. Yeah, it's attacking that beigeness. Was the puddle darker than you? Probably so. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. Oh, I fucking hate you already. Oh. Um, so, um, so we cool back. Sh- <laughs> so cool shit happened this week, man. Um, shout out to Kendrick Lamar winning a Pulitzer. Yo, that was. 
that was one of the dopest like surprises that I've ever seen pop up on the feed. Like it actually, it caught me off guard. I had no idea that was any of that was going on, and then just like actually reading it, I had to reread it a couple of times because the idea of, you know, black or brown winning any of those high highest of prestige awards, and then on top of that, within hip hop, yeah, you know what I mean, to be recognized as 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 an art form parallel, at least within this case, the same as like classical music or jazz, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people have had a problem because it's not that. But, you know, this uh, this dude's album is actually like it's poetry with music. Yeah, it's, man. It's, it's history. It's 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 uh it's so many different things, man. And it was it was really dope. It was really dope. I mean, as much as I love this album, I wish that he probably would have gotten something like this for uh, To Pimp a Butterfly. Yeah. I think that had a lot of more social consciousness to it. He, he, got, it. he got this was for the last one? Yeah, Damn. for Damn. Yeah. Yeah. What, he, you know, this begs the question, though. Kendrick has one. When is Kenny G getting his? It's coming. Yeah, it it's better. Coming. It better. <laughs> It sucks, man, because like Kenny G, he's like the butt of a lot of these music jokes. But he actually is like a really funny, cool guy. Like he he was doing like these things on um the Dan Lebertara show, and they got him to be Kenny beat. G on. Yeah, like they got him. They had him as like a. Uh, they have like this thing where they call celebrities to guess football games, like the over unders and stuff like that. And they basically called Kenny G in trying to be dicks, sarcastic. But he turned out to be like the fucking best guest on the show. No shit. And like he was fucking hilarious. And like he, and he has a great sense of humor about himself. So like he'll call in and they'll be like, "Yo, instead of you giving the picks, um, it'll be like if it's like one team versus the second team, they'll be like this: uh, if you pick the first team to win, uh, blow like <laughs> one time in the saxophone. If you want the second team to win, blow the second one." And he would just go along with all that and shit. He would just do it. Yeah, he was fucking hilarious. Like it made me want to buy his shit. I didn't do it, but it made me want to buy his shit. So. You know, he get his Pulitzer. I remember, I remember my parents, man, used to play that shit all the time. And, um, you know, like I would, at the beginning, I would pay attention to those music and I'm like, all right, he actually, he's like, yeah, he's a, he's a musician, you know, but like <laughs> they played it out so bad on top of like just the, the, the corn factor that, that it actually does have. Uh, yeah, you know. The only people that can get away with playing Kenny G is somebody's parents, right? Because it's like, there's nothing funnier than like going out with a girl and you'd be like, yo, blah, 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 you know. Well, what do you listen to? It's like, yo, you know, I'm a jazz fan. Like, I love Miles Davis. Oh, I love jazz too. I love Kenny G. And I'm like, word, word, word. What if they say like his full name? Like, I love Kenny Gustafson. You know? <laughs> what is his last name? I have no idea. All right. I'm going to look that shit up. That shit is Gustafson. Gilkerson. <laughs> Gilkerson. <laughs> I was trying to think of like a black ass last name with G, but I couldn't think of one. Let's see. Hold on. God. <laughs> Kenny God. <laughs> oh, it'd be like, who? I mean, you? that definitely would be his rapping name. All right. Kenneth Bruce Gorlick. <laughs> I wish I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This podcast is about uh, to get hilarious. Yo, check it out. Born in 1956. He's 61. He looks fucking great. Wow. Um, see. Does he still have those luscious locks? Oh, look at him. Look at that shit right there, dog. Yo, he looks the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yo, he looks, he looks like Jason Statham with a fucking moppy wig. <laughs> wow. You're right. This is terrible podcasting because they, they can't see this. But um, All right. He's one of the best-selling artists of all time. 
Global sells over 75 million records. Get the fuck out of here. Facts. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's see so, if there's any. So I had heard, um, and I, don't, I don't know the actual technical term for it, but he's one, he, he's one of the few people in the world that can hold a note both by like keeping it going, but yeah. also in, inhaling. It's this technique that certain musicians can do, or certain people can do, that you more or less breathe in while you're breathing out. I'm it's trying to find pretty it. pretty impressive, actually. He's, he's like in a Guinness Book of World Records. Hold yeah. on, hold on. Gosh, man, we should um, contact him up. Get him on the boat. I'm saying he'll probably do it. And 75 million records sold. He's like, oh, guys, yeah, I'll just fly you guys out. Is this prostitute that also tied his record? <laughs> um, you know, they haven't released her name, though. Hold on. I'm trying to see. Let's see. Yeah, this is terrible, terrible podcasting. But all right. He has a circular breathing. He used circular breathing. That's what they call it yeah. to sustain an E flat on a saxophone for forty-five minutes and forty-seven seconds. That's exactly what she called it. <laughs> circular breathing. Yep. That's fucking insane. So yeah, he's getting his book of world records. Wow. Yo, I mean, I mean, could you <laughs> circular breathing? Could you like have somebody blow you for like that long? Nah, man. Uh, yeah. Like. I'll pass out. This is like, like, baby. I keep drinking. What is happening? I'll pass out, bro. You have a girl that's like continuously sucking. I'm like, all right, baby, that's, that's enough. She's like, no, I'm trying to get into Guinness Book of World Records. <laughs> damn it again. Of dick sucking. You're my 40th today. Like, God damn it. So, yeah. Mm. 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 Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Things not to say during sex. Ooh. Yeah. So, yeah. So, shout out to Kendrick Lamar and how we got into like Kenny G. <laughs> Oh, oh. How did we get into Kenny G? They're both Kenny's. Whoa. 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 Yo. Yeah. You made a joke about him still waiting for his Pulitzer. Yeah. Something Ooh. like that. And I think Sammy said something about the Russian version. Yeah. The Russian. <laughs> Putin is like, congratulations to me. I win again. <laughs> Look at my bear. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, oh, so, yeah, speaking of Russians, since, you know. Technically, Russians run this country now. Um, Comey, the ex-FBI director that Trump fired, his book came out today. Really? And he had some amazing things that he said in there. Like, that's why... Um, Who's calling you? I don't know. I don't recognize, <laughs> I don't recognize that number. But it's... God damn it, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> you got to beat you to the joke. <laughs> um, Comey. I've seen, I've seen several posts online i didn't know exactly you know like like i saw that he's making like a late night tv run or some shit like that yeah but i didn't know exactly why you know well speaking of speaking of him doing the late night runs there's a picture of him hanging out with like ghostface and method man smiling. yeah that's one of the ones i saw which is hilarious because it's like isn't like the premise of hip-hop is like being anti-law enforcement and shit yeah. and like you're hanging with the ex-fbi director that's like the top of law enforcement and don't get more who than that. And listen, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it <clears throat> if at one point in time, because you know they have a habit of putting like hip hop motherfuckers on like FBI list. Yeah. I bet you Wu Tang was probably on an FBI list at one point in time. I mean, they got so big at that time, man. That you at know, the very least, old dirty. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. the amount of kids he popped, like he definitely was on somebody's list. Oh my gosh! So yeah, shout out to that. I mean, it's not many details. I'm like, happy about the Comey thing. It's just you know. Our country's gonna die. I mean, to me, I'm surprised that that was a quick turnaround of a book. Oh my gosh! I mean, I'm assuming he was writing it, but 
this is all happening in real time, but if somebody's writing a book that fast, you know, I'm sure he has a ghostwriter, somebody else doing the work, but that's cashing in quick. You know, the funny thing that he said is that when, um, right before Trump fired him, he said he kept a lot of notes on a bunch of shit. And I think that he kind of was covering his ass. Um, so I don't know if it was that difficult. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think, I think he was putting himself in a position that based on the energy that Trump was given based on their first meeting, he said that when he first met Trump, and Trump was saying all this crazy shit. He said the first thing he did was go home and write stuff down. Damn, I'm a crack addict, man. My nose is running. I didn't even feel it. So <laughs> I'm like, what is this? I, I wasn't going to bring it up, but since, you know, nobody can see it happening, it wasn't good television. I didn't, it I wasn't didn't, even, good feel it. You know I didn't I mean? even feel it. It's like, it's going to be like, mm, this is tasty as a motherfucker. <laughs> like, out of nowhere. I mean, oh, I, I know we've talked about uh, struggle snacks, but come on. Oh, my gosh. That cocaine must be hitting. I don't Yo, feel nothing. Nothing. Oh, my gosh. You know, y'all terrible ass niggas. I ain't telling nobody nothing. All right. So, um. What's next? <laughs> okay. Yo, y'all see that shit that happened at Starbucks? No. Um, it was like two black dudes that was in there. They were waiting for a friend, um, like a, a realtor. Like I think the, I think the two black guys were realtors or something like that. But they were waiting to have a meeting, waiting on their homeboy to get up to show up. And one of the guys asked to use the bathroom, and they was basically like, "No, you can't use the bathroom. You didn't buy anything." And they were like, well, we're waiting on somebody. And they was like, now nah, you can't use the bathroom. So they said, all right, well, fuck it. So they sat down, and Starbucks people tried to kick them out because they didn't buy anything. And the dudes was like, yo, people are just sitting around. We're waiting on our friend. They called the fucking cops on them. Cops come and arrest them. It's caught on camera. All the white people standing around, it's just like, this is bullshit. Because, you know, have you ever been to a fucking coffee shop? Like, people sit and wait around. It's basically like, you know, motherfuckers, <laughs> motherfuckers be like, all right, I paid $2 for this coffee. Well, at Starbucks, I paid 5 I paid $5 for this coffee. Now, this is my personal office all day long. And, like, that's all you see is people sitting in there waiting. So, yeah, I saw I saw a bit of it. I saw that, you know, they like, I caught more of the the aftermath of it where the, the CEO or whatever issued an apology and they dropped the charges, obviously, whatever. But it's it's ridiculous, you know. And, then, and it, one one interesting, like, argument that I saw pop up after the fact was, you know, how a lot of people wanted to boycott the whole company. And then a lot of people were also like, well, it was just idiots at that store, you know, and it, it brought back and forth a lot of interesting conversation in between the, the main subject, you know, but the main subject still stands where we, we, we live at a time that you can't be a different color and you're gonna, yo. It reminds me of the, that. Uh, uh, this happened like within the same couple of days. That kid, like fourteen year old black kid, yeah, that missed the bus. He uh, he left his phone at home. He got lost in the neighborhood. So he started knocking on doors just to get directions. And apparently, this like middle aged white couple. The yeah. woman answered the door. Well, she didn't. She didn't open the door, but she like was just like, "Why are you choosing our house?" Some shit like that. And then the husband just came out with a gun. And he shot and at shot him. at the kid, and the kid had to like you know like just jet hide and you know eventually broke down and cried, man. Because it's like, yo, you, you know, you can't sit in a place that is supposed to serve the whole public. If you're black, you're gonna get arrested. You can't be a child asking for directions because you're fucking lost because you're gonna get shot at. I mean, it's also we can't go to church either. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like Dylan Roof is yeah. like, whew, sorry, but it's like 
I'm I'm look like I'm dying right now. Like what's what's end up happening is like I don't I don't know. It's, it's fucking crazy. It's just like I'm taking a picture right now. Oh no! Stop uh, it. We're going live. Instagram. I fucking hate you. Nah, it's just it's just you know. First of all, Dunkin' Donuts is better. I've always told people that the coffee is all the same. The only difference is, is that Dunkin' Donuts hires motherfuckers that look like they got out of prison, and the Starbucks hires bartistas. You know what I'm saying? I don't need a fine bitch to find to, to give me coffee. You know what I'm saying? Plus, plus Starbucks makes it so difficult. Stop lying. I just no, like I'm not fucking. Plus, so you would go inside of a Dunkin' Donuts for like your coffee chill time. I, I love Dunkin' Donuts. I so fucking love not, Dunkin' not Donuts. Not just to like eat and enjoy the coffee. But like relax mode coffee. Absolutely, coffee absolutely. Because because Starbucks environment is too pretentious to me. It's it's too full of people that are so full of themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like I, yeah. I've I've I always felt like it was you know they thought a lot about themselves. Like in Starbucks, what you're paying for Starbucks is you're paying for a graphics designer and packaging. You like the logos look dope, the packaging looks dope. You know, but essentially. These motherfuckers get their coffee beans from the same place and they roast them the same way. Yeah, and so, I mean a lot of the um, the other like smaller coffee shops complain about the fact that you know they they burn their the the beans and people love that, but they they don't really <laughs> they know, don't know what they're doing. doing a bad job, yeah. you know. Um, what I was gonna say was that you should throw some sort of um, some sort of event <laughs> at a at a Dunkin' Donuts, and the reason I say that mm. is because we saw um, who was it Ghostface. And oh, he was at a White Castle, right? Yeah, at Quest Love, the Maddox and Quest right. Love in the background, which was weird as hell to me because I'm like, you know, the minute I see it, I'm like, I love those guys, but then I'm like, uh, I have no respect. Yep. Like, how low are you go? Are you going? But then you know, I was talking to to uh, to my brother, and he's telling me that it's like people are are respecting the idea and they're giving love for it, which to me was a little confusing. I'm like, I'm not gonna hate you after this, but I also I'm like, why would you do it? Then? I mean. Go to where the people at. You know what I'm saying? What he should have done is took his motherfucking ass to Popeyes. You know what I'm talking about? Get some of them biscuits. That is the best shit in the motherfucking world. But you know what though? Yeah. A lot of it actually makes sense off of the the pothead culture. Mm. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like White Castle burgers. Exactly. Exactly. So to me, it's like White Castle has always had a a bit of a. I, I'm not even going to call it underground following, but just more because of these subcultures that are just like, yo, we're fucked up. We got to eat like cheap food or whatever. White Castle has always been in the midst of that. You know, even even the fucking movie that the that there was nothing but just pie heads eating White Castle. So, you know, it was surprising when I first saw it, but I was at the same time just like, yo, like, especially after seeing the response, the response was just like, everybody was like, yo, this is... This is the dopest shit I've seen. I mean, the, the better question is this, and I have this idea, and I'm putting this on record because I don't want nobody to steal it. I want I want a black-owned coffee shop. I want to own a coffee shop, right? And you know what I would call it? Black coffee. That shit is dope as fuck. So my better question is, is there a collective of black coffee shops? Like, like... Like I was when I was in Chicago, I went to one. I forgot the name of it. It was really, really dope. But that's just something that I, I, I never think about. You know, black and brown owned coffee shops. I think that'd be something that'd be kind of fly to kind of look into. But on top of that, it's 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 you know, Starbucks. Do you, think, do you think it's enough of a niche market to actually be able to like capitalize off of that? Um, you know, black and brown people. We're people. We drink coffee. No, I know that. I know that. But here, here's my point. Here's my point. Like, I'm brown. I love coffee. And I'll drink the 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 
macchiatos and all this other shit. But at the same time, at the end of the day, if I just need my coffee, I'll drink that shit straight black. So if I'm just drinking straight black coffee, I'm not going to pay premium prices and go grab it. I'll just do my own. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think that that's a lot of the same mentality. Where it's just what are you like, talking about? Huh? What are you saying? I'm is, confused. Is it... White people are a lot more selective and a lot more frou-frou about their fucking coffee. Coffee is the most addictive drug in the United States. Like, opioids ain't got shit, they ain't right. got shit on so coffee. So I'll just go ahead and buy my Folgers, make it black as fuck at home, save some money, and still get my, my caffeine fix out of that. All right, so you're saying that other black people don't go, <laughs> black and brown people go get some Sanka? <laughs> they don't yeah. want to go, they don't want to go. Yo, all right, okay. I mean... There's a, there's some validity to that point. Listen, I said a black and brown coffee shop. I didn't say a black or brown chitlin shop. That is a selective market. <laughs> like that's gonna be a that's gonna be a market. You're not gonna get many people. I don't think you have a problem finding people to spend money with but I coffee. Think, I think is the idea of like, what do if you you know not that we have pie charts in front of us, but if you look at the trends, if you look at the trends, um. Even if it's off of stereotypes of what do certain um, communities spend their money on, mm. I don't know if I would associate that uh, like a coffee shop, a daily coffee drinker. I mean, I used to work at a coffee shop, mm. you know, and it was a independent coffee shop, and you saw enough different races in there. Mm. But I, I would say that the lack of frequency. Of the the black or Hispanic community in a coffee shop, wouldn't feel like it's enough that it's like. Hmm. Well, this is this is kind of the point that I'm getting to is that it's like one of the things that Magic Johnson did brilliantly was that Magic Johnson made great business decisions by doing simple things in places that everybody was afraid of. Right, so he's most famous post NBA with the Magic Johnson theaters. And the first thing he said was like, yo, I'm going to open up a theater in Compton. And people said, like, oh, niggas don't go to theaters. They don't go to movies and shit like that, blah, blah, his, blah, blah. His pharmacies are pretty um, famous as well. So, like I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> but not like, so what he ended up doing is that he, he ended up, and funny enough, he ended up opening Starbucks in the hood. And they would do great. They, they did wonderful numbers or whatever. So I think, I don't think it's an issue of black and brown people not enjoying the coffee experience. I think that's what we exactly saw that happen in Philadelphia is that we go to a lot of these places and we don't feel welcomed. I, I think that if, if a city had a black owned coffee shop and it was dope, it was promoted, young, young, hip people, I think it would do very, very well. I just, I just think that this is, that's just a demographic that we don't think about. Um, we don't think about opening those businesses because there's not a lot of like, it's like, I don't know if the overhead is too crazy. You know what I'm saying? To, to roast this and to have this roaster and all this type of shot shit. Or there's like more issues of, you know, because I'm dealing with this now, looking at trying to get this art gallery. We're right next to a coffee shop. So it's like for you to try to open up a coffee shop, it's a different type of loan you got to get to get the equipment to do that shit as opposed to just doing a restaurant. or as a, You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so I do think that... It's a if they build it, they'll come type of thing. I, I think because like everybody fucks with coffee, but it's like I started going to Dunkin' Donuts. It's one up the street from me. The coffee is cheaper. The coffee tastes the same. 
like I feel like it's the same beans and shit. Like like when it's that big of a company, they all go to the same place. And I felt like the the environment was more inviting. You know what I'm saying? Like people come in, they'll they'll talk to you, we'll joke around, I'll hang and I'm good. Every time I go into a Starbucks, it felt so snooty. I mean every there, single there time. is something there is something comforting and endearing about the crackhead behind the Dunkin' Donuts uh counter. I'm gonna tell you, you know this I'm, I'm gonna tell you this too. Nationally speaking I think Dunkin' Donuts is neck and neck with with Starbucks. The thing about it is Dunkin' Donuts is heavy in the Northeast because it's a um, it's a New England company. I mean, if so, you want to if you want to talk about comparison with like just off the coffee, um, I think McDonald's even gained ground. I mean, on, I've heard that too. Starbucks, but, but that's but that's the point on the I, coffee. But that's the point that I'm saying is that they're getting their same beans and shit from the same places. Like when you're that big, you pretty much go to the same places now. It's funny that you said this stuff about the coffee thing because I was reading about the guy that started Starbucks, you know, Seattle. Like, I think Starbucks is what, 40 years old? And it's like, he got beat up because of that. Because he, people was just like, yo, man, people aren't going to give a fuck about spending this much money on coffee. Right. You know what I'm saying? Premium cup, cup of coffee. Niggas ain't going to spend $3 a coffee when you can get fucking Sanka. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so I think the approach of, you know, turning turning you know coffee into big business by Mar- I mean, basically starbucks is like the apple of coffees you know yeah. what i'm saying like yeah. they like they basically designed and promoted the way like that to, to make people want to come to it so you know i commend them on that but um now they're saying like the end of may they're gonna have like a day um they're gonna close like eight all eight thousand starbucks around the country um to have Racial sensitivity classes. <laughs> the fuck does that even mean? Don't know. So so now there's gonna be a bunch of like angry black, angry white, angry Hispanic, whatever, all over the the country because they can't get their fucking coffee. Well, Dunkin' Funkin' Donuts. <laughs> this is what we keep going to. <laughs> all right, this, I need. This episode is sponsored. By Dunkin Absolutely. Um, all right, we're gonna take a break. Let me get a refill and you know blow my nose. Beep, and we back, mother snitches. Blicky with the sticky. Ah, yo, guess what, guess what he was watching? Yeah, dude. Uh, they call him. That's about Takashi Six Nine. They call him like Teriyaki Six Nine on Jesus Romero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that motherfucker is the most hilarious motherfucker on the planet, man. King of, King of New York. Oh my gosh, he's like, look, man, <laughs> yo. If y'all haven't seen this shit yet, there's these videos where they have like somebody overdubbing over his his voice, and his voice just sounds like this, man. Ah! Like it's the funniest yeah, shit. Yeah, we we were like during break, it was a little longer of a break because we were watching several of those videos. Blicky with the sticky. Ah! But the funny shit is, um, all right. So he did the Breakfast Club interview, and right. that shit was. I was a little disappointed, right? Like I was like, what part of it? Um, I feel like. And there's a part where Charlemagne was like asking about his OGs he hang around, like right. the, the guys that got your back, the older people that's supposed to be guiding you. Right. And then none of these niggas call him out for what he's doing. So he'd be talking all this shit, telling people to suck his dick and saying all this crazy shit. Like he's going to get fucked up, oh, yeah. you know? So yeah. so this week, um, there's a boxer named Adrian Broner. He's a pretty good boxer. Um, I think a lightweight guy. Um, he's cocky as shit. He talks a lot of stuff. He's a really, really good boxer. He's lost a few fights, but he's really dope. And so, so this week, <laughs> Charlemagne, uh, I think he posted. A, I think Adrian posted a picture with him and Charlemagne, and and Adrian was like, "Yo, you know, 
cheer up Charlemagne because he had like he was frowning in the picture. He's like, I fight this. My fight is this week. Check out my fight on on Showtime. Okay. And Teriyaki sixty nine goes on his Instagram page and um, writes the word clown. Like so I don't know if he was trying to talk shit about Adrian Roner or talk shit about. So he gets on one of these other dudes' pages. Matter of fact, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show you okay. right now. Hold on. So yeah, yeah. So we just uh, paused for a second to watch the the, the, the teriyaki nine <laughs> video yep. of him going after Adrian Broner. Um, I think he's about to get fucked up, man. I, I, we I, were ho- just... I hope he does. You know what I mean? Like I, I think, you know, I, I didn't know he was as young as he is. Yeah. But way too loud, way too much, way too, way, just way too much everything, man. So like, I hope somebody actually clocks him in the mouth and he can shut the fuck up for a bit. You know what? I had to talk about this, and I want to see what you guys think about this, right? Is that I wrote an article um, talking about Biggie's album, right? Talking about Ready to Die. And it was kind of weird, right? It was, it was, the article was talking about hip-hop culture and suicide and, and, and depression and stuff like that. Right. And we don't really focus on depression in hip-hop culture, especially black and brown culture. But Biggie's first album was called Ready to Die. Right. And the last song was called Suicidal Thought. So I kind of feel like looking back in hindsight, the album was kind of like a call for help, you know? Sure. So what ends up happening is that when I look at older people like us like in hip-hop culture, it's easy to kind of shake our fists at the young dudes because like they sound like fucking idiots. But I feel like, you know, when, when we get mad at young kids for saying YOLO, how is that any different than Biggie saying ready to die? Like, I think that there was this, I think there's like this continuum of motherfuckers like really just being reckless as shit. And I realize when I look at Teriyaki 9, I feel like we failed a lot of younger generations, right? Because I feel like there was nobody, hip hop culture didn't give niggas game. You know what I'm saying? So you have like a lot of young dudes trying to figure it out for themselves. So it's kind of like when I talk about certain hip-hop communities that are really, really dope. Like, I really love Detroit hip-hop, and I love Atlanta hip-hop, you know? And they have a vibrant culture. And when I think about it, I'm like, why is that culture so dope? You know, because you look at Detroit, you got Dilla, you got Slum Village, you got Black Milk, you got all these, you know, Royster 5'9", you got all these, like, very vibrant people. Atlanta, you got Outkast, you got Goody Mob, you got T.I., you got all these people coming out of it. And I thought about it, and I was like, what happened? And I thought about it, and I feel like in Detroit, you had Motown. So like Motown, you got all these these black musicians that's playing on all these records, and then when they have kids and shit like that, if you start growing up listening to hip hop, you got an uncle that played on a Motown record, you right. got a cousin that played on some shit, your mama some background for somebody, right. and so there's game you can pass down and be like, yo, this is how you work a contract, this is how you record in a studio, etc. Atlanta, when I think about the hip hop scene in Atlanta, hip hop scene in Atlanta to me was Babyface, so like Babyface. From Atlanta, he was signed doing music long, long before that, and he decided, like in the in the '90s, he's like, "Yo, him and L.A. Reid, he's like, let's open up a record a record label, let's start a record label, and sign nothing but Atlanta artists." Right. So LaFace Records was all Atlanta artists. He made he made superstars of all these Atlanta people. So you got right. so you got Outkast was one of the first groups. You got Tony Braxton. He got TLC. These are all Atlanta based artists. They didn't go and grab people from New York. They grabbed all local artists. So what's in your mind, what's the correlation? Well, the correlation is they had the ability to have people to kind of show game and to, to, to show them what's up. In different ways. Yeah. But when I think about like a lot of the younger generations of hip hop, I feel like hip hop, I mean, we're now getting to that point where people are, can get a little bit older 
and be reflective and show you some game, you know, but it's not many Jay-Zs in the, in the, in the industry like that. So I kind of feel like, I don't know, like I kind of feel like when we look at um, what's going on with like Takashi's and, and a lot of these young, crazy folks, you know, I feel like there's a lack of direction that we didn't lay the groundwork for them. The other thing I'm thinking, and here's the question I got, is we're talking about all these Instagram beasts, all these Facebook beasts, people getting in trouble, people doing all this dumb shit. It's like, why Why do you all think that's happening? Like, because Teriyaki is like arguing Adrian Broner and he's beefing with all these other rappers. Like, why is that happening now? I, I feel like, I feel like we've gone backwards in the, in the ways of like, Creating, creating status, creating clout, creating uh, popularity, followers, whatever the fuck nowadays by actually doing that. You know, because I feel like there's a lot of these kids are lacking in the, in the you know, with what you're saying, you know, there's, there's, there's leadership that's lacking from it. Mm-hmm. So then there's also... They're always getting called out for not being good at what they do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they're always being called out for just straight up like they're not good rappers, they're not good MCs, they're 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 fake within within the community as a whole. You know, they get put on on like battle raps and some of them can't actually like carry it live. So I feel like social media has allowed for it for there to be um a grounds for um, trying to show out, and I feel like w- between w- within within showing out, um, uh, as a popularity contest, it's 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 easy, and they're gravitating to do it within social media. Yeah, I mean, I think from like picking up where where he's what he's saying, I do think it is about an easier way to get attention, and then it is easier in the the culture that, um. Anybody that's that's talking behind the keyboard, behind the that screen, that you know, you have a bunch of from online video gamers to people with with blogs, whatever you could say, whatever you want, and you have that protection that is not face to face. I think that's been going on long enough that that's part of this new culture. So it's easier to get that exactly what he's saying that clout and respect with some without someone checking you. How yeah. back in the day, you're gonna if you're gonna step up, you're gonna do it in somebody's face. You know, whatever degree, whether it's in the, the schoolyards growing up or or if you're living in a neighborhood that you're talking enough shit and enough people are hearing about it, they're going to, you know, they're going to test you. I think I think there's always been clown motherfuckers that like, like stand up and run their mouth. And they've always been a part of, they've always been a part of the culture, man. Well, like, you know, you know, the you know, other thing I think th- that, that we lost a lot of is... Lyricism was very important in the right. sense of if you had beef with these motherfuckers, you destroy them verbally. Yo, the exactly. Mic. That shit don't happen no more. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you listen to, to to the music, it's like when we talk about mumble rap, right? Right. It's like it's sort of like this, right? Like, like I always look at the correlations and not and not the 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 issue at hand. So it's like you know the the one man show that I'm working on. I'm, I'm gonna talk about three stereotypes that black people, black and brown people had, and one of them is like our relationship with chicken, <laughs> um, because historically, and I didn't know this until I read this book called The Cooking Gene, sponsored by Popeye, <laughs> yeah, with the biscuits. <laughs> no, it's just 
it's like chickens were one of the few foods that slaves were allowed to have because white folks didn't know what to do with it. And it was a currency for us. So we would use it to buy freedom for people. We would do it to barter. We would do it for stuff and stuff like that. So that's the association of, of chicken and black people. One of the other, uh, uh, I forgot one of the second ones, but the third one that I really wanted to talk about was, I think we mentioned it, is swimming. So black people, we don't know how to swim. Right. You know, like, oh, black people don't swim. They don't fuck with water. Well, what ended up happening was, especially here in the South, is that when you when you had integration and black people started wanting to go to these parks and these swimming pools and shit like that, you had this outcry of racist white people that would do shit like put bleach in the pool, right, put acid right. in the pool to keep right. black people from coming in there. So here's what they would do. They would fill the pools up with cement and close the parks kind of as a way of protesting that we don't want black people here. And then the idea of country clubs came out of that. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like golf and white people is so hand in hand right. because country clubs was something that was a direct connect to it. But if you think about it like this and you have like 2,000 public pools in the United States and they all close down because they don't want black people to swim in them, that has a systematic thing that ends up happening to us. So what I look at is what happens with hip hop culture where I was having a discussion. We was having a discussion the other night where, where um, our friend Heather was talking to us and we were talking about, you know, black women and the relationship with dating black men and how black women end up going out with white men. And and she was saying her, her theories on it. And I was saying additionally that I've seen from my family is that, you know, one in two of every black male, 18 to 35 or whatever, they're going to go to prison. They're going to go to jail. They're going to get locked up. Right. And so as a result of that, when you have a lot of these kids growing up without fathers, you got a lot of these kids that that are in a failing educational system and stuff like that. I think that it's not just mumble rap. I think that our kids are more literate now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like for for whatever it's worth in the eighties, even at the height of the crack epidemic, we still had Rock Kim and Big Daddy Kane. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like I yeah. think I think now, you know, you look at this is a reflection of fathers not home parents not there and a failing educational system and that's why there's no words to this fucking song so like the music is very like energy based you know what i'm saying and you don't know what the fuck these niggas are saying you know what i mean i mean like i i do i definitely feel like a lot of the shit that you're saying does does cause effect within within this whole dynamic i i also think that a lot of it has come out of like laziness within the craft yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I feel like not everybody could be dope on the mic. So agree, agree. Sounds sounds are gonna shift. They're gonna change. They're gonna evolve. You know what I mean? And with the music, it's 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 fairly open that like the moment something that's different hits with enough people is gonna pick up. So I, I feel like where we where we're at with with hip hop is way more like you said like about energy. Yeah. Than what it is about actual content, which in 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 some instances is fine. But I feel like a lot of a lot of the emphasis on lyricism, a lot of the emphasis on like you know being being a killer with the words was lost because not everybody could do it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I feel like a lot of these kids now, man, like you know, they just they they're focused on making hot songs. They're focused on like you know making still making the club bangers. But that emphasis on lyricism, you know, was lost for a while. I feel like there's a few kids now. That are starting to go back in that direction because it was just like yo for so long it was nothing but the mumble shit. Yeah. So now some kids are just like yo like 
I'm actually intelligent. I'm eloquent. I, I want to fucking like do it. Do it in the old way to show that it's like, yo, like I'm above you because I'm smarter. Yeah, you know. Uh, please, I hope that comes out. That's what I, I guess. That's why it makes it more great that like somebody like Kendrick got the Pulitzer because like yeah. Kendrick, for whatever it's worth, he's he's kind of an anti superstar. Like like he wears fucking old school cornrows and a t shirt right. and, and wears Reeboks. Who the fuck wears Reeboks? So I just think it's dope that that that. In the midst of all that shit, that he's he's out here. Here's the thing that I got a question for both of y'all that I think is kind of crazy is that when you look at social media, that's fucking ridiculous. Is that I feel like the biggest problem with social media is that you can have the shittiest opinion and somebody will agree with it. So you can be wrong, totally wrong about something, post it up, somebody will say, "Yeah, I agree with that." Like this is kind of what's happening with the trolls, and there's more trolling in in the music than anything else. Um, what do you think? will fix that uh, <laughs> to me I don't know if that can, that can be fixed like anytime soon I feel like I feel like it is it is the masses you know what I mean like you you are having op- opinions coming out that are um, that anyone that knows any better I think it, it, they're idiotic anybody would not agree with not add fuel to the fire but like you said there are people that now have access to those opinions and it it creates little pockets where people feel like i feel comfortable agreeing with this person i agree you know i I don't know i feel like it's a new wave that it's impossible to stop people's opinions now that they're exactly that like they're they're being fed they're being acknowledged and people are becoming famous just literally by being a talking head. That's that's what I think social media and, and all these celebrities that have come out of this, it's it's exactly that. It's people that are backing them without necessarily having a talent. They're just having enough of an opinion opinion that somebody else is gonna relate with. Blicky with the sticky ah <laughs> in, in my opinion within that man, like, you know, I like piggybacking off of that, like I think that is the nature of this beast. I think the one thing that I've seen that has been somewhat different, but it's still it's still minuscule in comparison to the to the the hive mind, is that there's enough people that have been aware for a minute now of just how how stupid that following is. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like so there's enough people that are starting to talk about it more, there's enough people that are starting to fucking like try to like like weed it out. As it goes, so I don't know if that's gonna if, if that's gonna change the nature of of the way this beast moves, but at least it's it's encouraging to see people uh, use that very voice within this channel in a way that is actually trying to like break that shit down for the 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 blatant stupidity that it is. You know what? It's also when we're talking about music. Um, <laughs> I see the Thelonious shit you put on here. Um, yeah. <laughs> this shit isn't terrible. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's Drake, baby. Um, so Beyonce. You love the dude. Yeah, I fuck with I fuck with Drake. But yeah, Beyonce uh did Coachella and uh it was a big fucking deal. Did y'all that? follow any of that stuff? Who is that? Who is okay, that? well scratch that one off the list. <laughs> no, no, no. no I, like, I I saw I saw I saw believe me. Actually, I can't remove items from wow. the shopping list yet. Thank you, Google. Please use the shopping list wow. the Google Home app. 
I didn't say anything Yo. for you, like my my Google thing. Why is Yo, Google, she just started talking out? Why of is Google fucking talking to you right now? Man? I thought she was about to say, actually, to Teriyaki six nine. <laughs> right, he got those bars. <laughs> like, bars. Yo, that shit just came out of nowhere. Actually, your favorite porn star is not live right now. <sighs> Damn. Yo. Ooh. Maybe I could have a yeah. She could probably keep me with some updates. Oh. Oh, Google? Yeah. She'd be like, um, so Jada Fire. <laughs> wow. Which is my favorite porn star. Yo, I mean. Yo, yo she, looks, she looks just like Nicole. I'm going to show you a picture of Jada Fire and Nicole. Bro, and I was going to keep talking about Google. You know what I mean? Oh. If you say that again, like, she'll just hear you and just respond to Hey, Google. Thing. You got to say something. Find else. me Jada Fire. Your voice. I couldn't find the song got to get you into my life in your music library. Here's what, the song. what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? All right, Word. hey Google, stop it. <laughs> yo, <th> yo, <laughs> we're fired. We're so fired. Yo, Google's drunk. Yo, I gotta turn. We got a soundtrack. <laughs> All right. Wait. All right, gotta turn that shit up. Like, wow. that, bitch, that bitch drunk. Wow. <laughs> She's drunk. <laughs> You're like, what you say? <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, well, okay. <laughs> so what what the right. fuck you do with that? <laughs> back, back to Beyonce and uh -huh. Coachella. You didn't pay attention to any of that shit, did you? I did. Okay. I could I could not escape it, even if I wanted to. Uh-huh. So go ahead. Um, I think she's the greatest performer that's alive right now. So, so within what I saw, there's been there was enough people that were talking about like you know putting her in the argument of like some of the greatest entertainers of all time, uh -huh, you know, like uh -huh. Michael Jackson, Prince. How do you feel about that? Yeah, she's 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 in there. Like, Absolutely in there. by now or by the time that like she finishes nah, her career. Right now, she's in there. She's the greatest. She's the greatest entertainer alive right now. Like, so what is it that for you? puts her in that level consistency um the the fact that she's she can be the mega pop star and she adds enough like political statements and discussion around her her dancing like what for you or is it a common yes it's, it's all of that I, I i think i think i mean for whatever is worth Beyonce puts out dope records. They're fucking amazing records. And I, and, and as a dude, it's kind of difficult for, for guys to admit that shit. But it's like, you end up listening to like Lemonade, the album is dope. You listen to like like as a DJ, remember, remember Shorty? When, we, when I was DJing at Asheville, this woman was like, yo, play this Beyonce record. And I really ain't listen to it like that. Yeah. And as soon as I play that shit, that shit rocked, right? I think more than anything else, I haven't seen an artist in my lifetime resonate with a group of people, aka black women, as much as they resonate with her, and she's just fucking ridiculous. Like, yo, she fucking murdered that show. Like, she got I fucking, do. you know, she got fucking like <laughs> drumline motherfuckers from yeah. HBCUs and shit like that. And and she's walking out with some Wakanda shit. Matter of fact, the outfit she wore looked like the shit I'm wearing. You know what I'm saying? Like, like she fucking she fucking kills this shit. I mean, and, one of the outfits she wore did look like Queen Latifah or Living Single. You know what I mean? Khadijah, you know. Khadija, right? <laughs> man, woman. Yo, so like within within some of the shit that I was seeing, you know, like off of what you just said, as far as like the the direct connection and reaction that she gets from like women and black women 
uh, in different facets, it's always been heavy. And I, I, I do feel like as she has gotten older within her career, she's going forward, she's become, you know, more poignant, especially because the timeliness of it has also grown. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I do feel like her existence as an artist within how she has done it has been parallel to a lot of the social plight that has been uh, going on at the same time that she's talking about these issues. So it's been heavy that way, man. And then the other part that like, the other part that did surprise me, surprised me when I first saw it, but then, you know, as soon as I thought about it, it was like, this makes perfect sense. You know, she 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 did a mini reunion with... Uh, That's the, uh, a show. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody went nuts, man. Yeah. You know, like, whoever right now is actually trying to, like, do shit where little girls, where, where little kids, whenever Destiny's Child was doing shit. Yeah. And their reaction was like, yo, like, that's some of my childhood shit. Yeah. Well, I got a question for you, right? All right. There's people that's like disagreeing that she's like the best alive. Like when it comes to like to the Michael argument and stuff like that, it's like I'm I'm not going through that argument. Right. I mean, who knows? I don't really care. I mean, you know, Michael Michael had motherfuckers like fainting and pissing themselves and shit like that. Right. So so I I don't I don't know how to quantify that, but I do know how to say right now I think she's the biggest and the best. Who like if anybody got an argument uh, at least was saying alive right now, who the fuck could you say? Is fucking with her. Who do, who the fuck is Beyonce opening up for in 2018? Absolutely nobody. You know what I'm saying? Like she might open up for her husband. No, that's not even happening. Like like. What's the uh, what's the name of the the tour that that it's even coming out here? Um, it's called On the Run Tour Part Two. Is it is it because I, I honestly not a not a disrespect to Beyonce and she doesn't fans, listen to like, the podcast. Beyonce, I'm so sorry, Miss Knowles. <laughs> Miss Carter. Yeah, Miss Carter. Um, yeah. Like, is, is this based on like collaborations, or is it just their music? And their, um, like, they had a they had a, a song called "On the Run," or they had a tour called "On the Run," where it's just like a collaborative tour. I mean, they basically they basically just kind of just co-pilot. You know what I'm saying? So okay. they just do this. They do a tour together. It's the second one doing it. And mind you, check this out. And this is the perspective to put this shit in. Is that here? Colonial Life Arena, I think, holds 10,000 people for a concert around, around that much. The capacity in there is probably 17,000, 18,000. But when you're doing a live show, you got to cut off a side for the sound equipment. Unless, unless they start doing the shit the way they did it with the Jay-Z show, where you put all the music in the middle and have everything open. But that's, that's besides the point. I think they're doing it as uh, Williams Bryce. This is exactly the point that I'm saying. Okay. William Bryce holds like 80,000 people. And, and, gonna and they're gonna sell that bitch oh, yeah. out. So it's like, so like, to, to to that perspective, it's like I think that's pretty pretty fucking insane. You know what I mean? I think you know, and we live in Columbia, South Carolina, which you know, has plenty of black people, has plenty of hip hop heads, has plenty of you know like people that grew up with Beyonce, you know, like follow him since Destiny's Child and all that shit. But the one thing from the very beginning that I saw. Which is definitely the the what tops it off that it will sell out was the reaction just from like the white chicks that grew up on that music too. You know what I mean? Because you have you're gonna have you know the the core people that she speaks to, but then that's that I think is what puts her over the top. That like the the even the white chicks, even the basic white chicks, still look at her as like. 
that queen bee. You know, you know what I realized what, what Beyonce is to women? That that the comparative thing for us. I don't even think that there's a musician for men that we worship like women worship Beyonce. Because even though I fuck with Jay-Z like that, there's a lot of people that hate Jay-Z and talk shit about Jay-Z out uh, of jealousy. I don't wanna like, you know, overstep my bounds because it's your guy's show, but I have to correct you. What? Kenny G. <laughs> get a get a uh, Gordlick 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 Here's a question um, within the Beyonce conversation. Um, I don't know if it was an album or a photo shoot or uh, or whatever it was, but it was that that picture that uh, Beyonce she had this this bl- big black hat. She's looking down. She has like braids. Yeah. And then, you know, you had Michelle Obama recreate it. You had a bunch of other famous people recreate it. Um, I didn't with that picture. What is a white hat? I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> what? Nothing. This is, this is you, want, you want just like two He's braids on the side? Again. <laughs> uh, Ye- Jesus. Fuck. So. <laughs> Beige boy magic. <Yeah. laughs> so there's, there, there's a. Um, I saw like somebody local, like they posted a picture of um, it was a white girl doing that same idea, you know, uh-huh. pigtails, black hat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I know of a few people, even white people that were like, nah, that, like, I don't like the fact that she did that. I see it disrespectful. So I think about the idea of like somebody within the conversation of like, she gets love from everybody and anybody. An image like that, do you look at it as just like exactly what we're talking about of the love and respect that she gets from anyone and everyone? Or is it something that you're like, well, you don't own that. Don't do that. Um, you talking about like Beyonce getting the love from anyone and everyone? No, it's, I guess it's the opinion of, of, you know, even where we're talking about like uh, a white girl loving her to the degree of like recreating that image and then somebody having a negative I mean, opinion of it. Well, I mean, do you see it as a negative thing or do you see it as like, no, it's no, just love? I, here's, here's my thing, right? Is that, there's a difference between appropriation and and um, uh, I think raping a culture, right? So so like when we talk about appropriating a culture, like people are trying to call out Bruno Mars and shit like that. I don't think he's appropriating anything because first of all, Bruno Mars is you know a brown guy, so I you know I, I think he's a part of the family. But on he's top like of that, seen different things. Yeah, exactly. Right, you can't hate him because you're gonna hate every every race out there. The other thing about Bruno Mars is that he's always been very vocal about what inspired him. So he so he doesn't mince words about what 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 inspires him. Appropriating a culture is um, Taylor Swift doing a cover of a fucking. Earth, Wind, and Fire song. I haven't even heard it. It's awful. It's awful. It's awful. I don't even want to try and listen to it. It's it's it's. I it was a thing. It's worse. It's worse than what you might think. <laughs> um, but I say that because she's never made an attempt to really kind of embrace soul music, black culture, whatever, whatever, and it just comes out of nowhere. So it just feels kind of opportunistic, right? Somebody like um, Beyonce is going to do something where even with the show that she just did. It was an extremely black ass show, and she was talking about her. Her mom was afraid that she was going to alienate people by being so black because she had like a drumline, bunch of HBCU shit, really, really, really black, 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 black stuff. And I think that the people that if they're not black, they still fuck with her because it's so authentic. So if somebody that's been down with Bay and, and respects the culture try to pay homage, 
I don't think anything is wrong with that. You know what I'm saying? The only time I have a problem with somebody coming in and, and, and trying to like make money or try to build off a culture is when they've never shown an any kind of history or indication that they respect or fuck with it and they pop out of nowhere doing something with it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I agree with that. So so yeah, so I think I think Beyonce is one of those people that, you know, it's cool if people um that fuck with her want to want to pay homage. You know Yo, what I'm saying? Does does base brilliance apply the same Shut up. to <laughs> men and women? Cause like, you know, I don't think anybody's thought about it on, until I just thought about it, right? <laughs> I just thought about the fact that like she's light skinned. You know what I'm saying? So like you're you're talking about like the the very like very uh, exclamation point black sort of performance that even her mom was worried about it. Do you feel like it was an overcompensation to be black? So to speak on preacher's behalf, as preach, listen, listen, look what I think, um, Mister. Uh, Dre, is that um, I think you have a real problem. <laughs> I think you don't respect people of a lighter shade, and you don't like Canadians. We know that for a fact. Um, Anti, except for that Marie. is true. Um, yeah, I think I, I think you have a real problem. I, I think. <laughs> I think you bring up color more than a Klansman. <laughs> like, oh can't, can't, my can't God. Remember, no, no, no. <laughs> I bring up a lack of color. <laughs> Yo! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is our episode of the Thelonious Drunk Podcast. <laughs> I think we should just, just end it on racism. Um, I go by the name of uh, Preach Jacobs. Um, also followed here by... Sammy uh, Lopez. Sammy Lopez, uh, remind them of uh, social media shit because we're all we're all creators here. We need followers, you know. Followers mean fucking potential money nowadays. All right, so on Instagram it's Sammy Ivan Lopez or Sammy Ivan Lopez. Um, post my work on there. Post other people's work on there. Just dope art. So if you got a minute, check it out. You so polite. Oh my goodness. All right, Infidel Castro X, what you got? So I'm all all that shit, right? Dre Lopez or Infidel Castro X. Bong. And I'm Preach Jacobs under everything. Guys, I'm sorry. I had like a fucking hot toddy before I started this shit, and this shit got me lit. Crack. It's, it's either that or the Rice Krispie Treat. Uh, what do you call it? Edible. Yeah, that shit might got me a little lit right now. Yo, that's straight up. That's straight up that Dunkin' Donuts. Coffee fucking with you. Absolutely. Like, go back to Starbucks, B. <sighs> On that note, guys. <laughs> Bye-bye. I love y'all, and I hate him. Peace. Nigger!